Welcome to the Stuff and Things Podcast. Your home for all stuff related to your favorite things in entertainment. Now, here are your hosts. Stuff and Thangs podcast. It is another episode from The Mandalorian. And this week I am once again joined by Sam. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I am doing well, sir. How are you? Uh, I am still phoning it in from the sickbed, but marginal improvements. Let's all hope that that keeps going the same way. So we are talking about The Mandalorian, it is chapter 19, and the title of the episode was... It is season 3, episode 3, the title of the episode, The Convert. There you go, I'm getting you to say the uh, titles for this show, because... Yeah, 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 I I would. I'm still crying, yeah. It is is the Conanvert. The the Convert. Yes, the Convert. Convert, yeah. Um... You know that word. Uh, roughly, uh, it takes me a while, but yeah, I get, I get there eventually. I get there eventually. Yeah, the converti. Yeah, it's fine. So this was a bit of a different episode. Um, looking on social media, this episode really kind of went one of two ways, didn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, quite literally. Um, I mean, for me, I think we need to break it down into two sections. I think we need to talk Mando, Bo, and the Mandalorians. Yep. And then we need to talk about the other thing. Yes, definitely. I think you are. <laughs> I think it's yeah. that is that is how I've got my notes. I've got like open yeah. and close, and then middle. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll we'll leave the middle to last because I think there are some things that are worth talking about and having a little bit of fun with. There's um, some awesome and... like nods and stuff to places as well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. So 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 we'll so but but opening up talking about. Uh, Bogotan and Mando. Um, for me, the, the first note I've got is obviously they're on Mandalore. Uh, we're just after Bo is fished in out of the waters. Yep. Um, Bogotan asks him if he saw anything. He says <laughs> no. Yeah. And and she she's kept quiet. Now, uh, putting it to you. Did she keep quiet because she's not sure herself, or did she keep quiet because she doesn't want him to know there's a mythosaur down there, so she can try and tame the beast? I'm, I'm going to really annoy you. I'm proper on the fence on this one. I can't quite work it out. My yeah. first thought was that she was kind of like, "Did I see that? No, I surely I didn't," sort of thing. And then by the end of the yeah. episode, when it gets to the end of the episode and she sees the um, like the skull thing up on the wall, yeah, and then it's right. Trying to explain this to my wife when I watch this show. The body language and facial expressions that you get without being able to see a face is insane. Like, Bo-Katan sees that at the end of the episode and just in her body language I go from ah, she's wondering if she actually saw it or didn't see it to, oh no she was making sure she was the only one that saw it because she's got a plan. Yeah, opportunity. Um, and you don't see it, her face to even be able to say that's what I saw, but it's like it's crazy. 
it's, it's um, I think the interesting thing about it is that we are obviously as the audience doing that. Yeah. So we see like a look, and you can interpret a look loads of different ways. But I think we as an audience are being guided and the kind of. Uh, I mean, there's definitely going to be people who've seen that the other way. You know, you could you could look at it as once again she's looking at that, thinking, "Did I see it? You know, did I?" Yeah, was that actually know, what I saw? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do I do I say anything? Because you know, this lot are crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where that goes because they're, going into this season, there was a great belief amongst all fans that it was going to be Bo-Katan versus Mando. Yeah, it was going to be a real uh, <laughs> kind of a you know two two characters we both like facing off a bit of a, a shitty thing, and I, I kind of going into it, I was a bit like uh, you know Captain America, Iron Man, you know Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. Are we are we kind of going to get a feeling like that, and where you can see both sides of this, or you know what what are we going to go? Is Bo-Katan going to go full villain, which of course she has in the past, by the way. So we've seen it happen. Um, yep. So you're kind of like, you know, is this the way it's going to go? But I kind of see where it is at the moment. I kind of see them as being a good team. I, I know there's a lot of people out there shipping them, uh, which cracks me up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how the hell? I mean, that's got to be the most awkward sex scene in the world, just two Mandalorian helmets banging together. Yeah, so yeah, can't um, remove the helmet, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's what she said. Uh, I... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of looking at it like I want there to be a cooperation and a friendship and a and a kind of something there. I don't think I'm going to get that. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling that, um, yeah. Would you I say you have a bad, a bad feeling. feeling about this? Yes, I would. I, I was going to go as far as saying that, yes, I've got a bad feeling about this. Um, it, simply because... You, you kind of know her goal is to lead the Mandalorian people. Um, she feels that's her right, her family's birthright. Yeah. And so, if it's not going to be the Darksaber, it's going to be the Taming. So, I've got this kind of like headcanon, this thing in my head where she's going to try, and Mando and Grogu are going to end up having to save her. And of course, all of these Mandalorians are going to see it happen where Grogu basically calms down the mythosaur and then everyone's like okay <laughs> now what do we do Grogu <laughs> is our leader yeah, yeah yeah like yeah the kid basically blowing bubbles is now king of all mandalore um i don't know it's it's a, it's a strange thing i you know i, I kind of want desperately to be a a kinship uh, i'm i'm after three episodes, everyone's really happy they're seeing it, but to me, that kind of suggests that it's going to last. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's kind of uh, the beginning, anyway. But what happens then for me, right? This is where this episode is so bizarre because the two of them are on Bo's ship heading back to Bo's place. Yeah, uh, we have an incredibly cute scene where this Bo's like. This yeah, is this way. is the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Grogu trying to say this is the way. Uh, anyone who follows us on TikTok and know that we've got a viral meme of that going around at the moment, um, which sounds painful. Viral meme, and it sounds like you should get something from the doctors yeah, to sort, sort that out. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I think there is absolutely no question about the fact that Grogu is definitely saying this is the way. Yeah, or, or the way this is. He is trying <laughs> to speak in this season, which kind of makes you get that, that you're going to get to the final episode and he's That's actually going to... You know, yeah, yeah. The internet will lose it if he goes like, you know, yeah, dad, daddy, daddy Mando. Boom, yeah. that's it. Yeah. My father, um, you are. No! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's Luke. <laughs> no! I am... Um, we have this scene where she, they're in her ship and they come across uh, TIE interceptors. Which instantly makes me happy. Me too. Instantly. This... This scene, sorry, maybe I'll, I'll let you jump in and do a bit of detail, but this scene, like, when you think about this whole episode, which I think is the longest so far, by the way, yeah. this scene is just epic Star Wars. Like, this is something that I was watching just like, wow, you know, this is great Star Wars. You know, this is TIE Fighter Interceptors versus Bogotan, Mando jumping out of the ship to get to the, you know, get to the end one. We're seeing a Naboo Starfighter and a Dogfight again. Yep. You know, I'm I'm kind of, I'm like, this, this shit is just the best. I'm, I'm like over the moon. And then obviously the episode just goes completely different. But so just focusing on this sort of dogfight, Bo-Katan's palace being destroyed, which is oh, kind of messed mate. up. Yeah. When, when, she you're, when you're watching it. Yeah, she kind of realizes what's happened. And again, no facial kind of expression. His helmet's on and stuff. And it's kind of like, Oh my god, like you can see just in her reactions. And yeah, the tie so growing up, I absolutely idolised Star Wars growing up as a kid. Um, school playground, it was always Jedi's and lightsabers and stormtroopers and stuff. And one of the things I always got the Mickey taken out of me was because I would always go TIE Fighter over X Wing. Yeah, I still don't get it myself, but I know I know that's your preference. That is, I, I have absolutely no idea why, but it was always... Is it, is it the noise? Because they make a pretty... Like, the flight noises of TIE Fighters are pretty cool. It could be. Honestly, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was always... Even, like, me and you played the Star Wars games together and stuff, and we yeah. squadrons. And even on that, like, now you get the Falcon. Now, as soon as you get to pilot the Falcon, that's a special moment. However, yeah. when it's like, oh, choose your side, X-Wings or TIE... I'm a TIE fighter. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's me. That's right there. So when the tie, in, like the interceptors come over and I'm like, oh my God. Why? This is, this is like, this for me, this is like pure Star Wars. This is right here. I'm like, yes! Dog battles, like in space. This is amazing. And I'm watching, and then... As the episode kind of progresses, like this part of the episode progresses, we go from, oh, they've destroyed her castle. And they're yeah. both like revenge. So you get this dog fight and it's like, yes, here we go. And then Mando's like, no, 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 no. There's more coming. There's too many. We need to get out of here. Yeah. Now we, we get the dog fight and it's awesome. And I love, uh, I've said in like one of the previous episodes as well, I love this sort of thing. But when you then get just the sheer number of them come at them. Yeah. And I'm sat there geeking out, like epically geeking out at this point. I loved it, absolutely loved it. That's what I like to hear. I am um, me. I I like there's certain aspects of this. I mean, the whole all of the scenes in this I love. Um, Mando jumping out of the ship um, to get to the Naboo starfighter, I thought was just visually stunning. 
because the TIE fighter is flying past him, you know, yeah. stuff like that. I just, um, the whole idea of, you know, that's what he's going to do to be able to, you know, reinforce her and stuff and get into the ship to take off in time as you see the TIE fighter bearing down, ready to fire on him. It's like, all of this is amazing. Yeah. So I've loved all of the scenes in it. So I think everybody who's a Star Wars fan watching this have enjoyed this. But one of the things I don't think we've quite tapped into is what the hell is going on there? Why all of those there? TIE fighters, yeah, all of those TIE fighters have not just flown from some remote somewhere. There must be a Star Destroyer nearby. There must be a base for them nearby. Why have they targeted bo Why now? She makes you know what a I mean? comment. She makes a comment, doesn't she, about she's done yeah. something. And Mando's like, well, yeah, that'll do it. That will. Well, that'll well, piss did, off. However. Well, she did hijack their ship. Remember? Yeah. The Imperial Remnants. But they were part of Moff Gideon's thing. Yeah. So you have a, a fun little theory that you said to me, haven't you? Yeah. And the more I think about it, the more I think your theory is correct. Go on, because I, I say so many theories. Which one? Are you, the, the fact that we're seeing the first order. Because... Yeah, this is, is this yeah. the beginning? Are, are we yeah. watching the first order be created so. on this show? Uh, I, I think so. I think there's a really there's a lot of very subtle hints in the other section of this episode, which I'll, I'll talk about. <gasps> but one of one of the um, one of the things that is here, it's kind of like Moff Gideon was all these Imperial remnants, they keep calling them. There's clearly still some organization. There's clearly still something. And the fact that they've gone and found Bo-Katan and attacked her to take her out, it suggests that there's, you know, there's a level of military organization that, like, you know, she needs to go. She's been causing us problems. Dude, remember Um, in Andor, we had that one guy and we followed his story and no one really knows why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if it turns out that, like, you know, 20 years later or whatever, yeah. this is the guy that starts the First Order. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that, that'd be kind of crazy. We get him with, like, grey flicks in his hair to show that he's aged, and all of us yeah. just sit there and go, now wow. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could, and we could all blame his mother, basically, if that happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, the, the thing that I... um. I think this is what we're going to see. I think over the course of The Mandalorian, regardless of how many seasons, we know, in essence, The Mandalorian is a sequel to the original trilogy and a prequel to the sequel trilogy. So there is, we know the destination of the galaxy and what's going to happen. Now, I will will say this now. I know we're talking about Bo at the moment, but I will say this now. There is a moment in the other part of the show where this doctor is working a very menial job decommissioning ships and equipment. Yep. And there and there's a line said to him whilst he's doing it about how backed up they are because of just how many ships, because it's not just the Imperial fleet, they're also dismantling the, the rebel fleet. Yeah. And I think I think this is a really key throwaway line that a lot of people might have missed because or not really thought about it is, you know, how in the hell did the First Order, when the rebels have won, they're the new republic, why why is the First Order allowed to get to where they are? You know, how in the hell does this happen? Well, they've obviously done it in the shadows and built and built and built. But they have no fleet against them because when the New Republic took over, they dismantled the Rebel fleet. 
They, got they didn't they just didn't dismantle. Yeah, they didn't no. need it anymore, so let's get rid of it. It's fine. They felt, they felt part of returning themselves to a democracy and not an empire was to not have a big, powerful fleet. They, they, they literally looked at it and went, no, we don't want this. We don't want people to be fearful of the Republic, you know? Mistake so we don't need... <laughs> yeah, and, and, it, and that's, in essence, it is. You know, it really is. Um, because you allow you allow a kind of vacuum to, for the First Order to, to rise up. Um, and you've got nothing to challenge them. You know, the New Republic didn't have a, uh, an army, didn't have a, a fleet to go up against them because they dismantled it. So, yeah, it was a throwaway line, but I think it's one worth circling, um, so. if you see what I mean. Uh, yeah, so but, but back to Bo and Mando. Yeah. Uh, Mando gives her coordinates to bug out, and they go and rendezvous with the co- with the Coven. Coven. Yeah, they both, um, they jump into into space, and I kind of, yeah. did you know straight away that's where he's taking them? Yeah, 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 because he said, like, I'm sending you coordinates as, like, a secret... They, they won't find us. Um, what I what I find kind of funny is the lines, like, when they're arriving, and he's like, look, this is, you know, keep your helmet on, please, sort of thing, uh, which yeah. made me laugh. I love that. Um, now, when they when they come strutting out, we see, uh, I can't say this first name, but something Vizsla. He's the big, big guy who fought Mando for the Darksaber and lost in, in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I, I had a look for it, and uh, my good old trusty oh. IMDb, yeah. it gives me The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian, yeah. The Mandalorian, and The Mandalorian. Uh, it's, something <laughs> like Car- it's, it's something like Carvizla or something like that. Uh, Carvizla. I, yeah. Apologies, I know people are screaming at the podcast right now, but uh, yeah, How it's something like that. the name wrong? Well, the, the key thing is, the, <laughs> the key thing is, is from Vizsla, because the House Vizsla are the of the dark saber so his ancestor was the first mandalorian jedi who created the dark saber yes so he has that whereas bo-katan kreese has that kind of I, my family ruled mandalore so does he he has that for, from a different perspective yeah so when he walks out and he's not a fan of mando we've never seen him really be a big fan of din no. um so when he walks out again can't see his face but i know his face is are oh, not this motherfucker again you know just like he's like go away you're an apostate he says the word by the way just he does i was really happy yeah with that. Apostate. yeah i, I need yeah. you please yeah uh basically like get stuffed he calls bo a night owl which made me very nerdy happy uh because that was That's her kind of unit there. Yeah, 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 she yeah. was. That was her. The name of her like military unit, if you like. So that was kind yeah. of, yeah, that made me very happy. That was um, one of those little bits where I'm glad I'm as far into Clone Wars as I am because he said that, and I was like, ah, I get that reference. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, you 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 did a proper Captain America. I understood that reference. I yeah, like that. yeah, I promise. Um, I get that one. That's a TikTok idea. Um, <laughs> I. I absolutely uh, love the kind of Mando. It's, it's so funny because, like you said, you cannot see faces, but you are interpreting this kind of, get the fuck out of my face. Right? I've been, I've bathed in the waters. I'm no longer an apostate. Let me go and see the armorer, you know, get out of my way. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, we'll see. You know, you've got evidence. We'll, we'll, we'll soon see. 
the armor drops the water into like a well and we see this really amazing like shimmer kind of thing i'm like okay that's pretty cool um obviously the living waters as they're called must have a kind of uh metallic i'm guessing beskar to them like very light yeah. and that's why you're able to tell that that's what they are um so they go from being like a group of Mandalorians staring at them like one false move, we're going to rip your heads off, to the armor being like, back, baby! And they're all like, yay! And, and then comes one of my favourite comedy sort of moments. It's when they all look at Bo-Katan and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Bo-Katan has also now just been accepted into this creep. Yeah. Because she yeah. also bathed in the living waters. And hasn't taken her helmet off. Since. Like, the yeah. thing that I find interesting in that, right, is there are a lot of fan theories about who the armorer is. Now, this character of the armorer could have started out as just a generic Mandalorian fanatic. Yeah. Genuinely. If I, if I was writing the show, you didn't need it to be more than that. As the show's progressed from the story of Grogu to now being a, a point of being more about Mandalore and the Mandalorians as a whole, yeah. if I was John and I was Dave, I'd be looking at that going, you could easily add a character here <laughs> and make this someone of real significance from the past, Yeah, you know, who, who is trying to sort of hide away. Now, there are lots of different kind of options for this, um, but there are a lot of fan theories that this is someone who has gone right up against Bo-Katan in the past. Like, literally sided with Darth Maul, brought down the entire Mandalorian civilization, and is now kind of trying to make patterns for this. But you're not going to know, because hel- that helmet is not coming off unless it's knocked off, I think. Yeah. Now, what is... I don't know. What is kind of like in my mind and what I'm kind of like wondering about is if Bogotan knew this person, she'd have recognized her voice, surely. You know, when she's in there and the armor starts saying, you know, well, you can, you know, you can leave anytime you want, but because you've bathed and because you've not removed your helmet, you, you're part of us now. Surely Bogotan were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Keep talking a minute. Do you know what I mean? Like these fan theories for me kind of fall down at that point because it's like there's no way on earth Bo would just forget <laughs> someone. Who, no, unless who, they've got some sort of like voice changing sort of something. Well, yeah, I guess I guess the, the armorer's voice could be a bit kind of like could be putting on. I mean, she does talk in a very unique cadence, you know, very. Yeah. Everything she says is, well, okay then, then, welcome to the Mandalore. You know, it's she does kind of do this very, I'm a public speaking all the time, even when it's just one-on-one. Um, so, so a couple of questions for you. I just want to put you on this first question. I think Bo is going to be a little bit indoctrinated into this and stay? Or do you think this is means to an end for her? Um... I I actually expected her to take the helmet off straight away. <laughs> so then, on, Would have been hilarious. No, yeah. you're now part of the creed. Like fuck, am I? There we go. It's yeah, not... that 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 would have been absolutely. You know, literally the start of the next episode is they all turn around and she's just sat there having a sandwich. Like I'm going in a minute. Chill the, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about me. Just wait a cup of tea first. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Later's. 
Um, I've got a mythosaurus to slay. What? Nothing. Peace, <laughs> bitches. Yeah. Have any of you got any really big nets? Why? No reason. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I think yeah. more means to an end for her. As much as I expected the helmet to come off straight away, I'm reckoning means to an end. Yeah, okay, I think you're probably right. Now, the second question, is, and this is just a silly, weird thing, okay? We saw a ceremony where a foundling, right the very first episode, episode one, first scene, a foundling's getting their helmet. Yes. So we know that foundlings, obviously, to a point, don't have to put a helmet on. Um, now, in I, I, I've got a book of like Mandalorian culture and lore and stuff like that, and I love this yeah. book. It's been such a fun thing for me. And yeah. I know it's kind of a, it's like an age thing. So it's not a kind of like, okay, this child's 14 and has reached a point where they're now ready, but this one's eight and he's already ready. It's like an age. Yeah. You hit this age and you put the helmet on and that's it. Yeah. Grogu is a fangling and is technically older than all of them. <laughs> yeah. At what point this armor is going to look up and be like, I've seen enough of that little green kid's face. He needs a helmet or he needs to bugger off. Well, because yeah. at the moment, she seems really chill about, oh, well, it's just a kid that you hang around with. That's fine. Yeah. But at the same time, if this was a human child, she'd be going, armor that kid up. Now, so, the next point is, who yeah. is going to make a helmet that fits those ears? Yeah. Well, the armor has got a lot to do. She, she, you know. It's whether there's going to be lots of Beskar now on Mandalore because clearly uh, a lot of the Mandalorians there are wearing armor that is not Beskar. Yes, you know, Mando is wearing a suit of full, full on Beskar because he ripped off the Imperials, if you remember. Yeah, but a lot of them are wearing like this bit's Beskar, this bit's you know, plastic former Stormtrooper, this is some yeah. random scrap metal from a that's actually something I've got in my notes here is when they all walk in I loved seeing the amount of different like colours and styles of the armour yeah yeah yeah. I really like that yeah well it's two I mean two very good reasons one visually it helps us I mean if they all look like Mando this would be a nightmare you know to to visualise what the hell is going on yes Um, but but two the, the kind of um it kind of signifies that Mando's armor is unique. You know, he him wearing that armor of pure Beskar and it's like coloring and everything is unique. Yeah. Um. You, you see every other Mandalorian, even like Bo-Katan's Beskar armor is is kind of colored. She has done that. Um. So yeah. No. It's, They've it's opened the um, personalization tab. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Yeah, she's unlocked a few skins for her character. Nice. Uh, yeah. Mando's like, no, I'm alright. I'm alright with default, baby. Yeah. Um, I've made so, ten yeah. headshots. I will have the blue coloured stripes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've made ten headshots. Oh, God. I'm still trying. <laughs> I haven't been playing that game for 15 years. <laughs> uh, so, that is kind of where we're at with Mando, Bo, um, and and uh, Grogu. I, I'm not sure where that goes next, but in the trailer for this season, you've seen a lot of action with multiple Mandalorians. So something's going to happen next. I'm guessing. I'm guessing Mando's going to be like Mandalore is good. Let's go there. Let's go. Let's go home. Um, I don't know. That's going to be, be a hell of a. 
that's going to be a scene in itself, watching all the Mandalorians go back to Mandalore. That's going to be... Well, you know, what are they going to do? They've they got to reclaim the planet, but, you know, what, well, the yeah. planet is pretty messed up. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because you've got people there. I mean, Din has no ambition to lead. This is, this is this is why I like this character and this kind of situation for him because yeah. he is not trying like he's got the dark saber but he was willing he was like trying to hand it away like that seriously take it I don't give a crap like I just all I care about is the child and so he, that doesn't seem to have changed like his goals are very apparent now his goal was to be accepted back in amongst those people he's now done that so what's next does he go off to be a bounty hunter again. See, this was one of the things for me, actually, because I am in the first episode we did of the podcast of this season. Yeah. I said, right, so clearly this season is going to be the same as the other ones, where it's like point A to point B, but they end up going to every other letter in the alphabet between hand little missions. So I fully said in that one, I expected part a, point A to be being told, go to the living waters. Part B, at the end of the season, to be Mando in the living waters. Yeah, and then it happened in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the interesting thing because we are used to the Mandalorian at the start of a season having a goal, and basically every episode being a bitch-ass pain in the neck to reach the next clue to get to the next pair to finally hit the goal at the end of the season. I am not complaining that they changed that up slightly in terms of okay, the story is progressing faster in this, so that must mean there is a larger story, yeah. which I think is why, in this episode, the biggest chunk of it was dedicated to something completely different. And this threw a lot of people off. Like, you say it's social free... media, it's been very hit or miss. Uh, I am finding very few hits. If you're seeing people who liked it, then you're you're seeing a lot more than me. I mean, I, I've seen people pick bits out and go, eh, this didn't bore me. <laughs> I, I've, I've actually saved one. Okay. I've, I've saved a review because I found a nine star, nine out of ten review. Oh, okay. And like you said, a lot of people have slated this one. Yeah. So I'm going to read a review that I found. This is on good old IMDb again. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, um, a strange episode, but a good one, is the title. I am amazed this episode has so many people being negative. For my money, the Coruscant plotline, while technically a detour which takes up most of the episode's runtime, is some of the best world building, best acting, and best writing to come out of any Disney Plus Star Wars show. It feels like John Favreau popped over to the Andor editing room, watched an episode, and thought, hey, this is good stuff, I'm going to do that and inserted a story of complex motivations, flawed institutions, and heartbreaking intrigue. In terms of cinematography, tone and scale, it feels far closer to Andor than a Mandalorian episode. But what can I say? It's a welcome change from the previous awkwardly structured and relatively emotionless episodes. Whatever new approach Chapter 19 was presenting, I think I prefer it. Okay, well, yeah, very much the minority there. Yeah. Um, Look, I really, really enjoyed Andor, but it's a very different show. Um, I, I, I had see. I've got no issue with this middle section as world building. Yeah. What I felt was odd, or what I felt didn't work, is I feel like 
you could have gone backwards and forwards between events, which would have allowed this episode to still feel like an episode of The Mandalorian, still feel like it had pace. Because for me, the beginning was action. Yeah. It was like, wow, dogfight, da 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 what? Hang on. Have I switched the channel? Wait a minute. What am I watching? All right. Okay. And then I watched like an episode of a completely different show only for the other show to come back in at the end. So that's, that's where it felt weird to me. And that's not me being overly critical saying it was bad or attacking it. I'm just saying that that's, it felt odd. It felt like I'd flicked between two different Star Wars shows uh, yeah, it just felt odd. Like it was an odd editing choice to put it the way they did it. I get what you're um, saying. I, um, I personally actually really enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah. I think I enjoyed it so much because of how much we both enjoyed Andor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, I do agree. Like maybe if the editing had been kind of Coruscant and then back to Mando, Coruscant back to Mando. Yeah. And flip between the two, it probably could have had a bit more of a pacing thing with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's all choices and and, and it's all preferences. I mean, to, to me, it just kind of felt like it was two different shows wedged together, like sandwiched a different show sandwiched within the Mandalorian beginning and ending. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff in this. When you're, if you take yourself away from like being so ingrained. It's one of those silly things. If you didn't have that intro, that incredible action intro, I don't think the rest of it would have got such an eye roll. Because I think everyone was so grabbed by that beginning that when the pace completely taken away again, it was like, oh, so your reaction is to feel bored. You know, and now I've watched this episode twice. Uh, The second time I watched it, I skipped all of the Mandalorian parts and just watched the middle bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> because because I thought to myself, I love that beginning. I love that end. Let me watch this middle bit again because I feel like I've really missed something. You know what I mean? I, like I feel like this is there is some important stuff in here because John and Dave don't mess around. If it's there, it is there for a reason. Yeah. So there are. I, I have some points, if you wouldn't mind allowing me to kind of uh, take the reins on this TED Talk. Go on, then. My opening point is I think they did a very, very good job in a scene here of depicting something which I think everyone around the world can look at, roll their eyes and go, yeah, how sad is that? And that is the rich in whatever universe are not affected by war. And what I mean by that is you see this doctor give this presentation to this room full of all these people, all these rich people, and then he's grabbed and taken on one side. You just listen to the conversations they're having, like, oh, like, oh, so-and-so avoided the draft, ha, 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 you know. Oh, whether it's the Empire or the New Republic, you know, we keep doing this. These people there felt no effect of the war. They, they were wealthy in the Republic, they were wealthy in the Empire, and they're still wealthy now. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like they have just lived their lives on Coruscant regardless. The flags were different. That's it. That's the only impact they, they're really feeling that now they're not... I think there's even a line, like, there's less um, less cogs around, you know, and stuff like that, yeah. which was the Imperial kind of thing. 
So that I think was like a okay. You've highlighted that. You've given us that. That even in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> the wealthy suck. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, fair enough. All right. We've had that. Now the next thing, which I want to put to you, is a bit of a question. The they start by talking about former imperial basically got this kind of rehab program. Yes. Uh, kind of reintegrate them into society. You're no longer part of the empire. We want you to be productive members of the new republic. When you when you first hear reference to that, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of, that's a very good way of de- doing it. You know, that's a very kind of, you know, you're, you're trying to help people out from the indoctrination. Yeah. As this episode progresses and they're talking about mind flayers, and actually strapping this doctor to one where he's going to get part of his brain zapped. Am I the only person who's thinking the New Republic aren't as freaking pure and good as they would be? Ah, uh, yeah, 100%. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, like, what? That, like, what the shit? That looked more like something from the Empire yeah. than it did from the Rebels. And... They've got absolute minus the fact, you know, it's a trap, which was amazing. Um, Oh, you shit on my fun thing. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Um, But, yet the things that they kind of do in this scene alone, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this isn't the good guys. No. No, the the, the whole, the whole, there's this thing where, like, the best doctor has to keep going to this droid gets asked questions like are you having thoughts about you know this are you having thoughts about that like no 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 uh, i mean it's all very weird it's very kind of um and like so for example he has this interaction with some other people he's in housing which has been provided for former imperials mm-hmm. and you've got a few former and and he bumps into someone he knew from north gideon's ship yeah so so here here's here's a Here's kind of a key thing. In this conversation, there is a hint that Moff Gideon has escaped. Yeah. And I only really picked that up the second time I watched it. I think I kind of zoned out. Yeah. But there's a hint because he says, oh, you heard that Moff Gideon didn't make it to the, the tribunal. And then someone else says, oh, I heard he'd been mind flayed. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, from our point of view, I think Moff Gideon's escaped. I think the Imperial remnants that are becoming the First Order, I think Moff Gideon is part of this. And that character's too friggin' good not to reappear. Exactly. Yeah, and 100%. And the fact that they kind of say, oh, I heard this, I heard that. The fact yeah. is, I heard, is yeah. automatically kind of sends a little alarm going, so that means no one actually knows. Yeah, no one knows, but there's there's rumours and this this kind of uh, character who he starts talking to, a woman who's who was part of Moff Gideon's crew, Ela seem, Yes. Yeah, seems to befriend him. Um, like to uh, he. Yeah, here we go. So John Favreau and Dave Filoni, right, are massive Star Wars nerds. Let's just throw that out there. Star Wars has had some of the best memes ever that have ever existed and one of the most famous ones which is so stupid is come to the dark side we have cookies right yep. that has been around 
since memes were invented and it's just like a silly thing. It's on t-shirts. It's on official merchandise. This thing has been around for a long, long time. I used to have and a small poster of that. The, it's it's no, Darth no. Vader holding out the cookie. Yeah, it? yeah, I you got it. A poster. Right, so it's been around. Basically, if you're a Star Wars fan, you know that. It's been around for a long time. So when they're asking this guy, what does he miss? And he mentions travel biscuits. Yeah. I, I, I kind of had this kind of like chuckle. And I, the funny thing is I laughed. So I was like, oh, if he'd said cookies then, that would yeah. have been really funny. And then one gets given some that have been stolen from They are basically American like style. We'd call them like shortbread biscuits. But yeah, American style cookie thing. And so they, they put that in there that basically comes to the dark side and you've got cookies as, as a thing. It's an actual thing. This scientist missed these cookies. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. That that's that's just so stupid, but so funny at the same time. Um, so this woman kind of befriends him. They go around Coruscant. We have these moments where, uh, like she seems genuinely quite nice, laughing and joking with him. And I'm I'm still watching it, thinking I don't trust her. Yeah, she's got she's got evil eye. <laughs> um, and. He seems to be convinced of his own self-importance. Like, I I can do this and I can be of a great assistance to everybody. I'm so smart. You know what I mean? He's got this real kind of ego, I guess, which Even, I suppose yeah, a lot of great sat, scientists. He's sat at his desk and like one of the officers comes over. Yeah. And he's like, oh, here you go, kind of, you know, do this. And he's like, but I could do so much more with these. You know, yeah. You're wasting my talents here, sort of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah. And he, I mean, he's probably right. But at the same time, it is this weird sort of arrogance that he's got. Um, but the, the thing, the thing that sort of happens in amongst this is she's kind of, I guess, manipulating him very slowly. You know, we get the impression of a passage of time. Days are going by. This guy is going into his job, decommissioning stuff, thinking to himself more and more, Donna, you know, I could, I could be doing more. She's in his ear a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And, and then eventually she's like, look, we can go and take these things. You could carry on with your work. You know, you want to serve the Republic, don't you? And so I'm like, she is pro-Gideon. She is absolutely moth-Gideon manipulating this jackass to finish his work and then she's going to take it, right? Yeah. That's where my head is. Mate, what happens next where she leads him off, double crosses him to the New Republic, completely through me to the point that I'm actually looking to you now to say, mate, what the hell happened? I don't get it. Well, okay, so this is the thing. Like, so... She talks about the fact that, you know, I've, I've really done this before. Where do you think you got the cookies from? And yeah. Sort of thing. So it's like, and I'm watching this, and I, I actually sent you a message, and I was like, I don't trust her. Oh, no, no, no. And There's no trust five, at all. Five minutes later, she betrays him. Yeah. Um, what I'm... It's when they come out. So they come running out of the ship, and they've got their torches on, and I jokingly... Yeah. I think, I think I messaged you, joking, like, you know, turn the torches off, you're going to be found. Yeah. Oh! Too yeah, late, yeah, yeah, too late. And I was like, oh "My God, they were using the torches outside as almost like a, a beacon." Yeah, yeah. She, she was, she was literally guiding him into a trap. Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, so, so why is she? Because she obviously she talks him into doing it. Yeah, 
she gets the parts and walks off herself. She walks off away scot free yeah. with the parts. Well, but she hands them over. She's not walked away with yeah, them. That, that's right, yeah, like, that's right, yeah. She's, yeah. She hands, but then yeah. she then hands them over. The the new republic take them away. She's come out of this with nothing other than to hand this guy over. She's come out of it but, with nothing else herself, and now so, I'm really so, like, hmm, okay. So, so this is where this is where I'm like confused in this. So my head was she's she's pro Gideon, still Gideon, and is manipulating him to do his research. Yep. When she then portrays him, I'm like, okay, I obviously got that wrong. She is clearly New Republic um, through and through, and is infiltrating former Imperials to find out if they're still gonna offend. And I'm like, what a weird I'm like, what a weird episode. I'm like, what what a strange thing to be going on. And they're talking about he's there screaming it's a trap, which is obviously a nod to it's a trap. With, you know, Admiral Akbar even shouts it at one of Admiral's same species who pulls the face. It. Such a yeah, yeah, again, great TikTok for that going around as well. Um, but the the thing with that is is gonna like say right you know clearly you've still got imperial brainwashing we're gonna do this don't worry it's not painful it's not we're not mind flaying you don't worry and all you're gonna feel is like a sense of relief and calm i've had this procedure and i'm like this isn't right like this doesn't feel like the good guys at all yeah this is but, not what good guys do but also her character i'm like okay so she's not gideon she's then is she killed him? She gets left alone and she amps that up whilst eating like a biscuit, like she's literally popping some popcorn and enjoying herself. Yeah, so I don't think she kills him. I think she completely wipes his memory completely. That's so is she? Then, so is she Gideon? Yeah, because but surely. If she was Gideon, she would want his memory to be able. This to is why I'm. This is what I'm. I mean, is it a case of they tested his loyalty? Like, okay, he's he's loyal. To, he wants to do this work for the Republic, and I'm not going to let him do it, so I'm going to take him out. But again, I like if you've got a computer system, right? Yeah. A computer system will keep a record of what's happened. That guy who left knew he left it set on setting one. Yeah. He comes back in, and the bloke's head's fried. He's not going to just check the logs and go, oh, hang on a minute, the dial got turned up to 10. Yeah. She was the only one in here. So, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of... nicely, because oh, he was yeah. my friend after all, and, you know... Yeah, I want to I um, wanna stay with him. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, like I said, I'm kind of left with these questions at the end of this, and I'm kind of left with these kind of, all right, what the hell is going on um, from this whole section of it? But uh, for me, so, so it's not a bad episode. Like, I'm not, there is, this isn't a bad episode of The Mandalorian. It felt odd because it was a high paced start and then this real sort of long story about this Doctor character in the middle. Um, I don't know what happens next. I mean, I don't know if that's the last time we see this guy, whether he's dead or fried, or whether we see her again, whether we're going to see a continuation. I, I hope know. we see something like it again because if we don't, then it really was a strange kind of. Well, what the heck was the point of that? It really was a very odd choice. Yeah, you're right. So we kind of we need them to show us more of something of all this, but yeah, it was. 
like I say, don't get me wrong, I fully enjoyed it. I really did, like, genuinely enjoyed the whole episode. Um, I yeah. thought the stuff on Coruscant was very interesting to see what's going on behind the scenes and to make you kind of go, but you're the good guys. Wow, this isn't this isn't good. Like, what's going yeah. on? I enjoyed <laughs> all of that. However, yeah. Yeah, now it's a case of what is this leading to? What what have yeah. we just seen and what is the relevance of that going forwards? Agreed. Yeah, and, and I hope it's integrated into episodes in a better way than that um, going forward. Or or perhaps, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, we watched the Book of Boba Fett and in, in the middle of the Book of Boba Fett there was literally an episode of The Mandalorian as in you didn't see Boba at all. You just saw Fennec Shand in the last 20 seconds. Yes. And it was it was kind of an odd thing, but because it was Mando and everything, and everyone was just kind of excited and happy, and you know, and it, and it did it did make it did make sense in the overall story. Uh, I don't think an episode of The Mandalorian next week purely about this woman on you know I, I don't think it were, and I think perhaps that's what they tried to learn from that. You know, John and Dave probably thought well. We can't have an episode purely on Coruscant, so let's throw Mando intro and outro on it, and that yeah. way it's you know people can't just moan that we've thrown another show in the middle again like they did last time. Yeah, I'd um, say that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing, but yeah, like like you, a uh, lot of stuff in there that's interesting. When I watched that second part again in isolation, there's a lot in there because you don't watch it with the high paced start; you don't have that weird drop which I think is why everyone said bored. <laughs> it's because it's kind of like yeah. it grabbed you right at the beginning and you're like, oh my God, dogfight, TIE fighters, ah! Yeah. And then, oh, a guy walking around, yay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it will look a big mountain top in the middle of a planet. Yeah, but uh, mate, uh, I enjoyed the episode. I'm really looking forward to episode four. Um, I'm really looking forward to it because uh, this show this show grabs me, man. It really does. It has done since episode one of season one. This is the Star Wars I fell in love with as a kid. Um, and yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I can't wait for next week. Um, yeah, I guess that is that is everything. That's all your notes covered. Everything, yeah. It is, brother. Perfect. In that case, all that's left is for us to say goodbye. So I'll let you say goodbye. Uh, massive thank you again to everybody who's messaged me I am doing better um, it's just a very very slow uh, process but hopefully I'll be back doing sanding like I normally do very soon uh, but yeah until then everyone may the force be with you take care this is the way thank you for listening to the stuff and things podcast we hope you enjoyed the show you can find us on Facebook or online. Simply search the Stuff and Things podcast to join in our conversation every week.